political bullshit. So people are arguing that this pandemic and these lockdowns are putting our civil liberties at risk. I've heard it several times on Fox, of course. It's all over social media. People saying, you can't tell me to wear a mask. I have rights. You can't make me stay at home. You can't tell me I can't go to church. I think it was on uh, one of Tucker Carlson's segments that I heard him warn the public that our constitutional right to practice religion has been taken away from us overnight. One of our most basic rights that this country was founded on. It's been our right for 200 and some years. It's been stripped from us overnight and nobody's talking about it. And then that wonderful paranoia driven question that always follows, where will it end? If they've done A, what's to stop them from doing B through Z? It never fails. It always leads to where will it end? But that argument that it's going to lead to all of our civil rights being taken away is it's a hypothetical that doesn't take into consideration all of the facts. It doesn't consider the fact that we're in the middle of a pandemic. It doesn't consider the fact that these are temporary changes for the benefit of the health of the general public. And the most important fact that's ignored is the fact that this doesn't even oppress any of our constitutional rights, like our right to practice religion. Like Tuck's prime example is how people were prevented from attending a public mass on Easter Sunday and how that infringed on our right to practice religion. But people weren't banned from celebrating Easter. They were banned from gathering. A public mass gathering wasn't allowed because no public gatherings were allowed. It has nothing to do with our right to practice religion. We aren't being told we can't practice Catholicism. We aren't being told we can't celebrate Easter. We aren't being prohibited from or attending church remotely. Nobody's being arrested for wearing a yarmulke. We're banned from large public gatherings. That's it. And it's temporary for the safety of the people during a global pandemic. Those are the facts. If you want to bring up a hypothetical, you can't just use the one factor that drives your narrative. You can't zero in on the out-of-context idea that religious gatherings were banned and say it's going to expand on that. And it is, it's out of context because religious gatherings weren't banned. Gatherings were banned. It's like saying you got yelled at for having a campfire, but then you leave out the fact that you had the campfire in a library. Whoever kicked you out didn't do so because they hate campfires and they want to ban all campfires. It's just the library isn't the place to have a campfire. One could argue it's a dangerous place to have a campfire. See, context matters. <laughs> so if you want to say, where does it stop? You have to take in all of the factors, the pandemic, the public health issue, the fact that it's not just a ban on large religious gatherings, but it's a ban on all large gatherings. You have to consider the fact that it's a health hazard to the entire public. It's not an individual concern. But you see, Tuck doesn't do that because if he did, his hypothetical would just fall apart. Let's give it a test run. They banned religious gatherings. Where does it stop? What's next? Your freedom of speech? Well, freedom of speech actually already has its restrictions. It becomes limited if it causes harm to others or if it calls to harm others. Kind of like a large religious gathering during a pandemic would harm others. I mean, you can't yell fire in a crowded theater. Everybody knows that. But where does it stop? It stops there. It's where it stops, where it causes actual physical harm. It's not unreasonable. It's pretty simple stuff. It's not hard to figure out. So everybody can just settle down. You don't need to rush to Walmart to buy more ammo. Your constitutional rights are not being taken away, no matter how bad you secretly want them to be. And to the tuck, this has nothing to do with religion. It has everything to do with gatherings. Simple as that. Political bullshit. Political bullshit.
The first thing we need to get into with these lockdown protests are the reasons why people are protesting. I see a few different reasons, very different reasons. When you dig into it past the conspiracy theorists and the people who just want to dine in at Wendy's, you get a better sense of what's really going on and that, yeah, they absolutely should not be out protesting to end the lockdowns, but the reasoning behind the protests isn't just mob stupidity. But that's usually the first thing you see, the stupid mob mentality people playing right into the conspiracy that our rights are being stripped away, the government's trying to destroy the economy to turn us into a socialist country, which, first off, that just confused me because the government is currently Republican-controlled. Like Most of these protesters are right-wingers, so it's like your team has control of the White House and the Senate. Like, do you really think Don and the Republican Party are trying to destroy the economy and turn our country into a socialist state? No, of course not. They've made it clear they want to open up more than anybody. Everybody in government wants to open up more than anybody. That goes for Democrats, Republicans. Nobody wants this to be happening right now. This doesn't benefit anybody in any way. Really, the biggest disagreement that we're even having is just whether or not the lockdowns are causing more harm than good. But that the government is intentionally destroying the economy, it's just ridiculous. So I throw that conspiracy aside. If you think there's some truth to it, let me know what it is because I don't see it at all. Then you have all these pandemic people who think there's an even bigger conspiracy going on, like to make more money off of a vaccine or that the media is misleading everybody, causing us to hide behind our masks and live in fear, which to those people, there's a thin line between bravery and stupidity. People wearing masks aren't lacking bravery. And if you're refusing to wear a mask, you might be surprised to find out you're on the wrong side of that line. So these people see all these videos on YouTube of, you know, doctors saying that everything we're doing is wrong, which with those videos, I'm not a doctor, so I kind of hesitate to push back on them too hard because like, what do I know? But I watched a lot of those videos and I feel like there's some obvious questions that we should at least be asking. Like the, the, so the video I saw about how social distancing and wearing masks and all that is just going to destroy our immune systems. I feel like that's just an incredible oversimplification of our immune systems. They act like we're literally debating going into sanitized bubbles for the next few years, not just like cutting down on our social interactions. Like I get the argument that we need to have exposure to bacteria and pathogens and all that, but I just don't really think that social distancing for a few months or even several months is going to like have detrimental effects to our immune system. Like if I go camp in the woods for a few months, am I going to come back with an immunodeficiency disorder? I don't think so. So I think there's some merit to their argument. I just don't think that it should be applied that strongly to this situation. I think they're kind of blowing it out of context. <laughs> Then you have the argument that we shouldn't wear masks at all because they're actually exposing us to more bacteria and viruses. So on one hand, you have doctors telling us that what we're doing is going to make us sick because we're reducing our exposure, which is going to destroy our immune systems. Then on the other hand, you have doctors telling us that what we're doing is going to make us sick because we're increasing our exposure, which our immune systems can't handle. So which is it? Like what's really going on? Somewhere in the middle, I would guess. If anything, I would think the latter would hold more truth because when you're wearing a mask, you're touching it, adjusting and everything. So it could expose you to a little bit more. But then with that, the reason that we wear masks is to prevent spreading it, not catching it. So I still think it's effective for that reason. We should wear it for others, not ourselves. Of course, you still shouldn't try and touch it and everything. But the other thing these doctors are saying is that they're being pressured to list deaths as COVID-19. Now, this I have a bit of an issue with. There was a video I saw where one of the doctors said, if somebody is 85, they die with COVID symptoms, but they weren't tested for it. But then it turns out that they were exposed to it through their grandkid who did test positive. He says, they said that I should list that as COVID. 
Now, why am I being pressured to list it as COVID if they didn't test positive for it? Well, it's because we have a lack of tests. We weren't able to test for it. I mean, our defense to this pandemic was led by incompetent leadership. And for way too long, we had almost zero access to tests. I mean, we still have a shortage today. At least there's some availability now, but like, here's the deal. Ideally, somebody dies with COVID symptoms, we would test them for COVID. And if they tested positive, we would list the cause of death as COVID. But because we had a total lack of tests for so long, we couldn't do that. So we had to change the protocol to prevent enormous discrepancies in data. The doctors were saying that they received like seven page long reports from the government giving examples of situations where they should list the death as COVID if the person didn't test positive. Now it's important to note, this isn't if the person tested negative, it's if they didn't test positive, presumably because they probably couldn't get a test. I mean, it's because we have a lack. It, I think a lot of people are assuming that they're listing negative tested people as COVID-19. No, if the person wasn't able to get tested, it's because of a lack of tests. We need some protocol to make up for that. And so they send out this protocol explaining when you're not able to test a person with a formal laboratory COVID-19 test, it's reasonable to list their death as COVID-19 if, say, that person is 85 years old, they died with COVID symptoms, and it was confirmed that they were exposed to it before, before they were died, it's safe to say their death may have been caused by COVID-19. That's not unreasonable. Because for the longest time, we didn't include any deaths that weren't laboratory tested positive. And experts were saying that our data was just way off that the number of deaths was way higher than what we've reported. Because it doesn't matter how many people die of it, if you only have so many tests, you can only have so many deaths. And that wasn't right. So they had to develop this additional protocol to get the data closer to the actual numbers. This isn't a conspiracy to inflate the numbers. Ideally, we would just test them to see if they had it, but we couldn't. So they had to create a system to make up for the incompetence of our leadership. It's simple as that. Again, I'm not a doctor, but those are just some of the questions I have. So maybe you guys can help me out if you understand it better than I do. But also on YouTube, fanning that conspiracy flame is that pandemic video. Some of you might even call it a documentary. I don't. It's a video of a woman sitting on a seat, talking into a camera with nothing backing up her claims. That's pretty much it in a nutshell. Yet everybody believed everything she said. So I did an entire video on that documentary alone. So I suggest you watch that. It's very entertaining. But with these doctor's videos and the pandemic video, there were a lot of people who just initially thought that the media was just blowing everything out of proportion, like hyping everybody up. We overreacted. The virus is real. It's just not as bad as we thought. The cure was worse than the problem, yada, yada, yada. But then these YouTube videos became like gateways into the conspiracy world for a lot of those people. I could be wrong. I'm just going off of like what I saw on my social media, but I'd assume that my little anecdotal experience would be at least somewhat representative of what's happening on the bigger scope of things. But again, those are the conspiracy protesters. So set those aside. They're not the ones I want to talk about, even though I just talked about them for like five minutes. Um, but then you have the absolutely ridiculous people who are protesting for the stupidest reasons. Like they want their hair cut. They want fertilizer for their lawn. I mean, there was the one guy like literally crying because he couldn't get grass seed. I can't go between those houses. You can't buy paint. You can't buy lawn. You can't buy lawn fertilizer or grass seed or whatever. I mean, come on, all statewide, really? You know, it's time for our state to be opened up. We're tired of not being able to buy the things that we need. Go to the hairdressers, get our hair done. It's ridiculous. But again, those also not the people I want to focus on. They're just the ones that made the headlines because they stuck out and they were laughable and entertaining. But 
honestly, I think they probably made up a rather small percentage of the protesters. They were just the loudest. A lot of the people that were protesting were small business owners or just people with families that are facing financial ruin, like the people that are really seeing the worst of the lockdown. And they're actually worried that unless they get back to normal, they will be financially ruined. Their lives will be ruined. And for those people, it forces you to have a certain level of sympathy for them, like, because they're just actually scared that their lives might crumble. They're, they think that they're just doing what they need to do in order to protect their families, in order to protect themselves from financial ruin, in order to protect the economy from financial ruin. But that being said, they 100% should not be out protesting the lockdowns. They're protesting the totally wrong thing. They're blaming the lockdowns for their problems, but the lockdowns aren't the problem. The lockdown is part of the solution to the actual problem, the pandemic. What they should be protesting is the lack of relief they're receiving from the government. They shouldn't be fighting to pull themselves up by their bootstraps because that just isn't a feasible way out of this in the middle of a pandemic. They should be pushing for aid from the government, the aid that's necessary to get us through these times, the aid that people deserve for cooperating in a nationwide effort to blunt a global health crisis. I mean, the large corporations received a substantial bailout. So where's our help? It's our tax money. One of the reasons we pay taxes is for safety nets when we need them. And right now we truly need them more than ever. Yet thousands of people are out protesting because they think the only way they can keep their lives together is with this bootstrap mentality. We're supposedly the greatest country in the world. Does this look like the greatest country in the world? That a pandemic hits and suddenly we can't even afford to keep all of our citizens afloat for like two months? That we can spend four and a half trillion dollars on a large corporate bailout, but when it comes to relief for the people, it's suddenly, oh, Oh, our debt just got so out of hand. Oh, and don't even get me started on the deficit. We got to hit the brakes. Look at that debt. I mean, we were the greatest country in the world five minutes ago when we needed to bail out Boeing, who then turned around and cut 16,000 jobs, even though we bailed them out so they wouldn't have to do just that. I mean, we, we were going to throw you guys some breadcrumbs, but just, we noticed the debt and it's just, oh, shoot. But God bless. Here's some prayers. And, and now people are protesting to go back to work during the worst pandemic in over 100 years because they feel it's their only option in the greatest country in the world, literally protesting to go back to work because the government is refusing to give them adequate relief. That's true corporatism, socialism for the rich, rugged individualism for the poor. Really couldn't be any clearer than the time we're living in right now. Just step back, look at what's going on. The economy absolutely collapsed in a month and they rushed to bail out the large corporations. Trump tweets, we can't, let the cruise line industry fail. That was a priority to him. The cruise line industry, who doesn't pay federal taxes. Half of their employees, they don't even employ American workers. They pass a bill with a $4.5 trillion corporate bailout. That comes to $30,000 per taxpaying citizen. And then they pass a single one-time payment of $1,200 that millions of Americans didn't even qualify for. They set aside $300 billion for small businesses that large corporations ended up pulling from. And now they're making changes to that same program that large corporate lobbying groups can pull from the small business bailout funds as well. So yeah, now we, the taxpayers, get to fund the groups that corrupt politics by throwing money at politicians to pass bills that are against our best interest, that are in the corporation's best interest. We're literally gonna be paying for shitty legislation to get passed. And meanwhile, millions of people are still waiting for adequate relief. That one-time check just didn't cut it, if they even got it. And now that it's time to discuss further relief for the American people, the re Republicans in Congress are saying, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's time we got we to start considering that debt. 
it's getting out of hand. I don't think we can afford to spend any more money, guys. And Trump is telling them, no rush. Don't worry about getting getting anything out too quickly. It's socialism for the rich, rugged individualism for the poor. That's what this is. And who are we protesting? Not Congress, not the Trump administration. They're protesting against their best interest, against all of our interest. They're pissed at the governors, demanding that the governors resign for daring to take action to keep the citizens in their states safe. And that's exactly why Donald threw so much support behind those protests, because he knows all this anger should be directed at him and at Congress. But as long as the smoke keeps blowing the other way, away from him, he's going to keep fanning those flames. He's going to say, it's not me. It's not our refusal to care for you. It's your governors forcing all those lockdowns. They're not letting you work. They're shutting down your businesses. You need to be mad at them for doing that. That's why he failed to be a centralized voice of authority, why he never recommended the lockdowns himself. He forced each state to make that decision on their own because when the consequences hit and they didn't provide the relief necessary to sustain the lockdowns, he could just blame those who enacted the lockdowns. By directing the blame on the individual states, people would be blind to the fact that the blame should actually be placed on him and on Congress for their failure to take action that was necessary to prevent the people from going into financial ruin as a result of the lockdowns. We need to redirect our anger. Our government should be helping us. Our government can help us, but they're not. It's time for a people's bailout. The large corporations got theirs. Now it's time for the working class to get ours. Political bullshit.